Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Way, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Way wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome to Storytime with Seth Rogen. Today's episode, Ugly Joke. Where does your story start? My story starts in uh, Marietta, Georgia, suburb of Atlanta, like 30 miles northwest, 2004. So what, what year were you born? I was born in 1984. So you're 20 years old. I'm 20 years old at the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The voice you're hearing is Yasser Lester, a writer, actor, comedian, all around uh, showman extraordinaire. Can I say that? I just fucking did. So deal with it. Uh, I've known Yasser for years. He's on a TV show I produced, Black Monday, and he uh, writes for the show as well. Um, and Yasser has a story about comedy, the power it wields, and how it is a blade that can cut your opponent, but can slice you to the core as well. How's that? I'll say this right now, presently Yasser at 36 years old. This is like the best my life has ever been by any metric of what you would call like success, right? Like I have enough money to live, like my family's good and healthy. So like all that aside, Yasser at 20, I still think is like the best version of my life, which like I know sounds crazy, but... I only did three things, and this is like... Oh, hey, welcome to Borders. I'm Jon Stewart. This is like when Borders Bookstore was like still around and stuff, you know? So like, I worked at a restaurant, then I, you know, watched a a Criterion Collection movie that I bought from Borders with tips that I made that night. Then I would like work out at the local YMCA, and then I'd get a sandwich from Publix, which is like a grocery store chain in the South, and then I would go to work. And that was my day every single day, and I mean it. Publix, for values like Thompson seedless grapes, only six. Dog, I was so happy. (laughs) Like, yeah. So keep in mind, like, I had gotten uh, a scholarship to, like, art school, and, like, I went for, like, three days, and I was like, I hate this. So I moved back in with my mom. Marietta, 
He was like, as long as you pay rent, like, I don't care what you do. Like, if you're just going to be a server, that, that's just, you know, like, it is what it is. And not that it's a bad life by any stretch, but she was just yeah. like, you're going to, you know, pay your way. And so, and also, I mean, she was broke too. So it's not like, she wasn't like doing it yeah. just to build character. She's like, we need money for the house. Explain uh, who your mom is a little bit, maybe, uh, okay. just for some kind yeah. My mom, Vicky, is like the single mom, Uh, you know, raised me, my brother and sister, like, so... I, I mean, she is truly a juxtaposition of like 30 things. She's a, she is her own foil in a lot of ways. Like she's so nice and caring. And like, if she sees anyone struggling at any moment, I mean it, like she raised us to be like, if you have $5 in your pocket and you see someone on the street, they need that money more than you. Like, and, and but then wow. you'd be like, well, we have nothing. Like, and she'd be like, well, you <laughs> have, should be. yeah, you know, but she'd be like, well, we have an apartment to go back to. So that is something, you know what I'm saying? So like, so, so like, so loving and caring, but also like, just like a kind of weird, mean lady in terms of like, always wanted to like roast and like clown her own kids. And it's just like, what is like, you don't need to do this to us. Like this happens at school. Like she would like, I'm light skinned. My brother's a little bit darker and my sister's light skin. And she'd always just be like, you know, Isaiah's the only one like, who's my middle brother. Who's the darkest. She's just like, he's the only one that's like kind of cool. He's darker than y'all. He's taller. Like he's more muscular. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I, we know like, you know what i'm saying like just like such a weird person to be around uh i bought a condom boy what is that for you making finger puppets yusser's living with his mom getting his ass roasted by her watching wong car y films at night eating public sandwiches during the fucking day. Dude is living the life. Well, you didn't have too long-term uh, a projection on where this might lead, it seems. Well, well, well here's, here's what I'll say. So, like, I had already in my head, granted, I didn't have the mechanics of it yet, but I was like, I'm going to move somewhere to do stand-up. Okay. I didn't know where yet. I didn't know if I was going to go to L.A. or New York, but I was, like, figuring it out. Had you done it ever? I had done it one time. I ate it so hard and like... I was just like, going to say, it must have gone really well if in the back of your head you were like, I'm going to give up everything one day and pursue this. I mean it sincerely. Like, to me, the decision to do stand-up, given how bad I did, is just as sociopathic as like someone thinking they can be president. Like, it was, it was so astronomically incorrect like there, I, I couldn't have done worse than been like and and in my head i was like yeah yeah i, I got what it takes <laughs> that's so funny you know like baron holtz right yeah yeah of course he uh he thought he was going to be president <laughs> that's that specifically with him that's crazy <laughs> want to hear more about this one check out our episode with ike baron holtz is it weird to plug my own podcast during my own podcast might be but it's happened already So yeah, I'd only done the one time and I was just like, I, again, like, so I like move home and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it You're happen. You're going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Had to get a job. So the place, I still think it exists. It has to. It was the only like nice restaurant within like a 
15 mile radius. It's called Aspen Steakhouse. So keep in mind, I've had every job up until then. Like I've worked at McDonald's. I've worked at Walmart. I worked at a sandwich shop called Fat Tony's. Greetings, Homa. Hey, Fat Tony. Like I've done it all, you know. So I'm like, this is like my foray into like fine dining. <laughs> And again, the most money I'd ever seen in my life, I would make like 60 bucks in tips a night. There were times where I was like, I, I think I might just do this forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you only work five to 11. Dude, and that's what I'm saying. Like it truly left you with like a life to have. Cause also like it shuts down, the restaurant shuts down and then you, those become your homies anyway. And you yeah. all kind of just like hang out and drink for a little bit or eat or whatever it is. And then you like go home. So it wasn't like, it's not like I felt like I was missing out on anything. It was like we worked, we hung out for a little bit, and then I would watch, you know, the limited edition DVD of Bottle Rocket. Jared. Hey. Tell Anthony I love him. Do what? Tell Anthony I, I love him. I've never worked at a restaurant, but I have a lot of friends and family who have. And what I've gathered is that it's kind of an intense social scene. People date, they're hooking up, there's resentments, uh, there's a lot of shit going on that's just completely fucked up. But you forge bonds with people, and the Aspen Steakhouse in Georgia was no different. And Yasser found himself becoming friendly with one server in particular. Uh, Brian. Me and him were like pretty close in terms of like we weren't like the best of friends but like I i'm glad i see that person like once a month yeah. you know what i'm saying like so it's like we very rarely work together but it was just like when we worked together we were like yeah it's us was he around your age no i mean he was like 30 i think okay. but here's the thing i was also 20 at the time so he could have yeah. been 22 and it would have felt <laughs> the same to me like you know what i mean like, he was older he was just older that's all that matters <laughs> there's certain markers of things that like i i he had a five o'clock shadow he truly could have been my exact same age and i would just be like yeah no he's 53 years no, yeah. old me and my I wife are like, always talking about that because we don't have kids and we're always like we're younger than all of our friends with kids even if we're several years older than they are right. <laughs> just because like that For age sure. that they they in my head are so much older than me i know 28 year olds who seem decades older than me because they have like five-year-olds and i'm like that seems fucking insane to me <laughs> <laughs> i think you i think you should for to find the real age of someone especially if they have kids if they're like 29 but they have an 11 year old you have to add the 11 years to the 20 oh that's a good one i like that you know yeah. what i mean like and then it's like oh you're you're 40, you're 40. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah that that, that adds up um, okay so you're working with a man who's of, of indiscriminate age older uh, than it, you <laughs> and and you sort of get along brian right yeah <laughs> Brian and Yasser do a lot of things that you do when you're a young kid working in a restaurant. You sip on cocktails that are left on the tables, you dig into a discarded plate of prime rib together, and you just generally pass the time by trying to make each other laugh. They'd even come up with a little game. We had like weirdly, just between me and him, had started a game where like someone would walk in or like a, you know, whatever, people would walk in. 
and we would just roast them just like to smithereens for no reason whatsoever. And like, keep in mind, this isn't like, it's not like we were comedy pros. It's just like an overweight person walks in, a bald person walks in, you know what I'm saying? Like a lady with like, I, I don't know, bad teeth. So we're just like, being idiots. We're young idiots in Georgia who, like, haven't quite figured out the comedy formula. We're just, like, going after people. You know what I mean? And we didn't do it with anyone else because we were like, this is our thing. Yes, It's almost like Aspen Steakhouse became Yasser's training ground for his early comedic career. He was taking inspiration from his mother, who was roasting motherfuckers, and he had a captive audience in his friend, Brian. So me and Brian, one day, end up on the same shift. The night in question was a slow night at the Aspen Steakhouse, as I am to understand it. A few people at the bar... Few people in booths overall, not too eventful. So this couple walks in and like he just it's like the most brutal I had heard him go after someone. But I mean like to the point where you're like, this isn't funny. Like you know what I mean? But I'm laughing because it is funny. But he's just like ruthless. Per the rules of the game, it was Yasser's turn next. I had to at the very least match it. So this family walks in. And I'm like, woof, woof, look at this pack of dogs. These are the ugliest people I've ever seen in my life. They're repulsive. Brian, look at them. I can't imagine an uglier person, but now there's four of them. They probably eat dead cat. Like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just like every, every single thing that you could say about a person that's mean, I said it. Brian's quiet and he's like, wow. And I'm like, gotcha. And he's like, that is literally my family. That is my mother. That is my father. And that is my sister. <laughs> and he walks over to them, hugs his mom, hugs his sister, hugs his dad. And dog, I'm not kidding. Like just turns around and just stares at me. Call my family dogs. Oh, 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 man. <laughs> Yasser had done fucked up. Dog, I'm not kidding. Every single server walked by like, hey, Brian's family, oh, what's yeah. up? Like, and I was like, everyone knew. Everyone knew this was your family. Like, how, how did I miss the boat so hard on this? Like, keep in mind, I had worked at this place for like a year at this point. He probably thought that I knew and that I was joking. And then when I kept going, he's like, oh, no. He doesn't oh, oh, know. No. He doesn't know. And let me keep going. If you started clan on my family, I'd be like, all right, stop. That's actually you my have family. to know that's yeah. my mom. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But he let me just roll. Is what you said about them accurate? Here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, to this day, like, if you want me to 
say wasn't an attractive family, I can't do that. Brian wasn't even like a he wasn't a well, looker. I was gonna say that makes it so much worse if if right. as if it was an ugly family. So I run to the back. Like I'm like, I don't know what else to do. So I run to the back and I just start slicing bread for the bread baskets. And Dude, he walks back there, and and I sort of got him like, I, and every time you say this phrase, everyone knows it's a lie. But I I do the phrase where I'm like, man, you know I was just kidding, right? <laughs> you know I was just playing, right, Brian? And he goes. And so we got stone face. He goes, no, you weren't. Oh, and I was like, no! <laughs> I was, I was like, this is it. Like, again, like I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to die in a fight with this dude. Cause like, you can't allow someone to talk about your family this way and do nothing. But to my surprise, he literally did nothing for weeks. Brian just chilled for weeks. Long game, bro. Slow burn. Slow burn. (laughs) So revenge is a ditch, uh, best served cold kind of thing. Buddy, in this case, like uh, (laughs) piping hot. (laughs) Story time. Imagine, if you will, now the pages of a calendar flipping by, a little montage of Yasser going about his day-to-day life, going to Publix, going to Borders, watching a Pedro Almodovar film, going back to work, paying his mom rent, and all the while pondering the ethics of what he had done. Did you tell anyone that you worked with that this happened? I told everyone. Not only that, they were like, you made fun of Brianna and Samantha and Doug. And I'm like, how How does everybody know? Like, this is like, did y'all feel like a setup to come in? Yeah. Like, I was like, this is crazy. So I tell my mom, like, I'm like, this is, I did this thing. And she's like, you have to apologize. Like, there's, that's, that's insanity. And this is your mom who's known for roasting people. (laughs) Right. Like, but, you know, she's also like, I only roast my own family. Like, I'm not going to roast a bunch of strangers. Yeah. (laughs) I apologize to him, like, multiple times. Like, dude, I swear to you, I never would have said anything. And he's just like, no, no, it's fine. I get it. It's fine. It's fine. I get it. I'm like, okay. Yasser is just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So we have this manager named Rob who would wear, do you remember the store like structure, which became express? Yeah. yeah. He would always wear like an express shirt or a structure shirt with like the collar fully open, uh-huh. but like that weird, like shiny satin oh. shirt. Oh, yeah. Then like really tight dress slacks and uh-huh. like a year, like the European style, like leather belt with like yep. a big, you know, like chrome belt buckle but then out of nowhere just full-on snakeskin cowboy boots (laughs) 
you don't wear snakeskin cowboy boots unless you're a villain. It's like literally a villainous wardrobe choice. <laughs> but wore the boots specifically because he would do a thing where he would say, uh, he would always walk up to the female servers and hostesses and would always say, uh, you know why I wear the boots? And everyone would be like, why? And he'd be like, because I have a tongue like a rattlesnake. And then he'd go, <laughs> and he'd do like this, like, flickering tongue thing and all the women would always be like all right rob uh i don't know if i i don't care that i said his name uh so of course rob sexually harasses himself out of a job <laughs> <laughs> he those boots walk him right out the door of this restaurant <laughs> so anyway rob gets canned and uh they're like we gotta go with the most senior uh server here to replace him who do we go with we gotta hire brian so then brian goes off to manager training for two weeks comes back his first shift this is not an exaggeration his first shift after he comes back as manager you know they give us uh when you're a server you do like a big team meeting at the beginning they tell you what the specials are blah 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 what sections you'll have all that all that mess so in front of everyone, he's like, you know, this is what's happening tonight. Hey, Yasser, don't let me forget. Uh, we got to talk at the end of your shift. I just got to run something past you. And I was like, oh, we can like talk about it now. You know, <laughs> he's like, nope, definitely end of the shift. I'm now working a shift where I know what's going to happen. But like, I have to work this entire shift. So I work this entire shift. It's like the worst tip night of my life like i make like eleven dollars shift ends i make like eleven dollars and uh he's like hey you know it's time to talk yeah i just wanted to run something past you and i was just like okay like and he keeps saying like run something past me which really <laughs> such a crazy thing to say it's such a crazy thing to say so now he said it so many times that I'm like, maybe it isn't what I think it's going to be. So I'm like, okay. He literally brings me to the office. And this is not an exaggeration. I swear to you. He sits me down and he's like, so you're fired. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And he's like, you know. You know and I'm why? Like, yeah. So I'm like, uh, okay, like, it is there. And he's like, nah, just, you know, I think you've, you, you've done enough here. And I was like... Okay, cool. You know, like, thank, thank you so much. And he's like, now you know it anytime. That's right. Yasser ended up thanking this motherfucker for firing him. It taught Yasser a valuable lesson, the one that he thinks of to this day. What is that lesson? Karma is real and it is swift. That whole journey that I told you about was like a total of six weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like I like a flourishing server career. <laughs> the best, the best version of you that's maybe ever existed. Yeah. I did other server jobs and none of them ever matched that job. And it really was like, oh, it's because I did this thing. Like, and maybe, maybe the karma of it also is the second part of it to like propel me to get me in LA or whatever. Yeah. But, but 
that still didn't happen for like another six months. So I really, I'm just taking it as like, I talked about this dude's family and I got fired and then struggled to find another job. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the lesson here? Comedy is a tool like anything else, and a tool can be used to destroy and a tool can be used to create. It all depends on what your intention is. What did Yasser take from this? Does he apply it to his day-to-day life? Is it something that he carries around with him? Now you're a stand-up comedian. You tell jokes for a living. You write jokes for a living. Is it a lesson it's good that you learned? Is it something that you actually draw on, do you think? Yeah, and I would say, like, this is just a lesson for people out there in the world. Like, really know your context and your audience when you're roasting, first of all. B, making fun of people. Like, there are some people that absolutely deserve it. But make sure you're telling a joke well. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of times people just say mean things and they're like, I was kidding. And you're like, ah, that just felt like a terrible thing. Yeah, and it probably made you consider, like, who to attack with your humor because you saw that it is a powerful weapon if, right, if, right. When, when wielded, you know? Right. I was on Bill Maher once. He is a big-time comic actor. Seth Rogen is over here. Seth Rogen, how are you? And he kept trying to get me to say, like, that people are too sensitive. The crowd is too politically correct. I don't find it's- that at all. And I refuse to say it because I don't think it's true in general. And what I kept saying to him was like, any joke you've ever made that people don't like, it just wasn't funny enough. But I think some people who get labeled as comics who are like, ooh, the political correct community is condemning me, forget that they also have to be funny. Right. Which which is the last thing a comedian wants to hear. A right. comedian yeah, 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 a yeah, comedian yeah. would much rather hear like no people are too sensitive. No there's some things you can't talk about. Right. And there is a lot of like subtext ascribed to why something is not funny enough right. because of what you're saying. Inherently things aren't funny if you're punching down instead of up. Inherently it's just an audience does not like that as much. Inherently, it's just less interesting to people's brains to see weak people be admonished. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a dangerous game to play. But he was playing it with you. You were I playing know. a game with the guy that it right. happened to, and it's something that he himself was doing. Right. And I, I like that's what's also fucked up is like it's it's kind of his fault. Yeah, yeah, but like... If Brian is listening to this podcast, is there anything you want to say to Brian? Uh, I hope you know my level of regret. At the end of the day, it wasn't a judgment on, like, your character or anything. And if Brian, if you are listening, what I want to say is, like... It takes two to tango, man. You you were playing this fucking game, and yeah. you called some people's parents ugly too. Yeah, they just weren't around to hear it, and you right. were unlucky enough to have to hear the the results of of your own game, you know. And so, yeah. like, I I appreciate that you regret it, and you should you should be going around calling people ugly. But on the grand scale of things, he was not an innocent player in all this. There's only one thing I can think of that would excuse the severity of Brian's response. Do you think that part of it was that you had met his parents before and that you didn't remember who they were and he was he was upset about that? I, 
there's Seth, I mean this for real. There's <laughs> no way. Like, and this is rude. I would remember meeting someone that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> You don't meet someone that ugly. You just yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a fly by night. Like I'm like it was like you're like I'll remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just ugly people. Story time with Seth Rogen is an Earwolf production, produced, edited, and sound designed by Richard Parks III. Our executive producer is Frida Perez. Additional production by Josh Richman, Renee Colvert, Jared O'Connell, Marcus Hom, and Marina Pais. With special thanks to Amelia Chapelo. Our artwork is by Robin Richardson. The theme music is by Andy Christensen. I am Seth Rogen. Yes, sir, and bright.